Joe Lewis, champion of them all, Bourbon presents The Making of Champions. In honor and respect for the legacy of Joe Lewis, the longest reigning world heavyweight champion who became the first African-American national hero who served in World War II, contributing to the morale of the troops, broke through the color barrier in professional golf, and helped pave the way for future generations of civil rights activists. Each new episode celebrates people who follow his lead in accomplishing extraordinary things to inspire a new generation of champions. It begins now with your hosts, Tanya Cole and Marquise Johns. Welcome to this episode of The Making of Champions. You are in for such a treat tonight. Dana Richards' greatest mission is to serve. She's a philanthropist, breast cancer survivor, fashion designer, television producer, and butterfly. In 2017, she launched the Malibu Dana activewear line to help breast cancer patients by donating a portion of these proceeds and sales to various charities that she works closely with as a volunteer, an ambassador, committee member, advisory board member, and a board of directors member. As a 12-year breast cancer survivor, she is deeply, deeply committed to helping other breast cancer survivors and advocating for early detection. Now this morning on your social media, you made this uh, very intriguing post that uh, some girls are sugar and spice and others are whiskey and ice. Who's the whiskey and ice girl or woman? (laughs) She's right here. (laughs) As you can see, I don't know if you can see my shirt, I'm just going the wrong direction. Bourbon, bacon, and yoga. Um, That was the flagship (laughs) slogan that started everything. Um, I was a TV producer for 15 years. Um, I created um, and co-produced some shows like Ace of Cakes for the Food Network, uh, a wedding dress show called Bride by Design, um, another food show called Marcel's Quantum Kitchen. I worked at Fox Sports. I I mean, I loved working in TV. I loved being a storyteller. I just kind of had to reframe reframe my storytelling because um, unfortunately at 35, I got diagnosed uh, with a shocking breast cancer diagnosis, which I did not see coming. Um, it, th- there is a little bit of my family, but I don't have the gene and, 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 it, and, 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 and we spotted it uh, dropping my stepdaughter off at college. And we were like, what is that? And I was trying, just got married. <laughs> I felt like I could sucker punch trying to get, have a baby. It all just kind of, um, I mean, there's never a good age, but I don't think I was mentally prepared um, at 35. So the thing I will start off by saying is early detection saves lives. It saved mine. It can happen to anyone at any age. It doesn't discriminate. It doesn't care. It doesn't care how old you are. <laughs> and at this point, it, it's impacting men and women, we should say. Um, so it is currently the most diagnosed disease on the planet. Yeah. So and when they say one in eight uh, women, now people uh, will be diagnosed with breast cancer in their lifetime. What they mean is that's the over the course of your lifetime. Um, because disease happens, obviously, as you get older. So your odds at 35, my odds at 35 of getting breast cancer, a diagnosis were like one in 200, but they go up as you get older, right? So um, it's going to impact your friends, your colleagues, your neighbors. Uh, Unfortunately, everyone um, will be touched by someone who has had it. Um, So I'm here to say, um, be vigilant. Be vigilant. It's just like getting your, uh, your teeth cleaned. It's just like anything. I'm not going to pretend and say it was a fun journey, but I am 12 years cancer free and I'm alive and breathing and here to prove it, um, that it does save lives. I am hoping we eradicate it in my lifetime, 
But um, that's how this whole journey began. So I'm going to backtrack. <laughs> Sorry, I'm going a little all over the place. I didn't even ask answer the whiskey and ice thing. So come back to whiskey and ice. I used to do these bachelor nights with my girlfriends. We would each pick, pick a house to do a bachelor night at. They would drink champagne. I would bring bourbon. <laughs> because that's how I roll. That's not <laughs> I girl. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of an equal opportunist when it comes to bourbon. And, and I just, I just basically, my, my husband did like a little t- a tasting for me. He, he, I, I just got intrigued. We were at dinner one night. I was intrigued by, by the difference between single malt scotch and bourbon. I'm like, oh, wait, what? This is a whole new world. Japanese whiskey. So we, he has quite an alcohol collection. So he just lined them up. He did a blind tasting. <laughs> so I didn't know what was what. And I happen to like bourbon the most, maybe because it's sweet like me. <laughs> we know better. Oh, bourbon was bourbon was my favorite. Um, so it just kind of stuck. And then I would always say bourbon, bacon, and yogurt are my three favorite three things. And that was my like my ongoing joke. People are like, you should have a shirt that says that. That's like your whole you know, life. Um, and so it was a joke. And I so as a joke. I made a t-shirt. I printed just like eight of them off the internet for my best girlfriends. I didn't even print one for myself. And they started wearing them. And then a week later, people started asking for them. <laughs> because that's how I roll. I always dive in head first. <laughs> no one has, I'm, a, I'm slightly impulsive and, and headstrong. And I think that that probably served me well when I was fighting uh, breast, breast cancer. But like I said, I, cha- I changed my narrative. And um, I had just found my voice. I realized I could use my voice after five years, I was five years cancer-free to help other breast cancer patients. I spoke in an event and I realized I had a greater purpose. Um, I would have preferred not to go through breast cancer, but you know, you don't get to pick. <laughs> Life throws you curveballs, right? No one said it was going to be perfect. And listen, everyone has a story. This is just my story. And everyone equated me to this butterfly coming out of her cocoon. When I came out of it, because obviously I, you know, I had the surgeries, I had the complications, I had the chemo, I had the radiation. When you're 35, you better throw everything at it, um, and I, and and so you don't want to look in the rearview mirror. You you don't want. I don't ever want to go through this again. So I I look like the little prince. <laughs> I look like GI Jane. I named all of my wigs. <laughs> I had Natasha the Russian spy. I had Jenny from the block. I na- I tried to find light and levity in it. I doubt, I kind of have a wicked sense of humor. So then this whole bourbon making yoga thing started. This is my first t-shirt. <laughs> Hence the bourbon, bacon, and yoga. Um, and uh, it kind of all just spawned from there. And I started an active wear line because I kind of have a wicked, irreverent sense of humor. And I decided to give all of my proceeds to breast cancer charities I work with. So when you say, <laughs> um, I feel like whiskey girls tell the best stories, bourbon girls tell the best stories. My best friends, we all drink bourbon. Um, some of us like it neat. <laughs> Some of us like it on the rocks, but I do feel like it's um, there's a refined, I don't know, wicked, irreverent, uh, interesting. You always know behind those eyes and behind that glass, there's going to be a good story. <laughs> so um, I don't know. It's a, it's a special. I, I think I, I mean you could probably relate, Tanya. What's your favorite bourbon? <laughs> I don't have one favorite one. Of course, it would be Joe Lewis bourbon. That's the correct uh, answer. I know you pulled out your whistle pick earlier. I've got like five or six of those. I've got about 10 Maker's Mark, so you name it. I probably have it. I got the little Blanton's one for Christmas. And I just got that one, too. I was like a little family portrait. It's a little baby. Yeah, we have a... Um, 
I think we have a 12 year pappy, but I'm not allowed to touch it. <laughs> it's a hands off. I have a pappy back here. Back here. Let's see situation in this household. Um, I, but because so we lost, so I'm going to sound like this bad lifetime movie. You're going to be like, is she making this up? So we happen to maybe lose her house <laughs> and the 2018 Woolsey fire in Malibu. Oh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, oh, snap. <laughs> I like how you roll. Is it open? It, that one is not open. That Why? one is not open. But I'm Are happy to open it. It might be a night. <laughs> if no. you, how about if you if you show me yours? I'll show you mine. Right. right. How about you, Marquise? How I'll are you going to how are you going to bring out the pappy when we go on the campus? I'm on a school campus. That's highly frowned upon and prohibited here. There Nonetheless, it would be great. No, right. <laughs> if they see pappy, I think actually they will just arrest you and keep the pappy. Probably. <laughs> Probably. You know what? They know anything. It, what's so interesting what is that one of my most recent acquisitions is actually um, from the University of Kansas. It's a Jay Riger bourbon. I'll show you that Ooh. model. Do you think? Do you think that bourbon is? I mean, let's say if you're 21. I am 20. I'm, I'm actually. I, I look 12. I, I turn 40 next year. I 12. <laughs> oh, snap you see that again! Action there, Marquis. Yeah, I see uh, that. Huh? Okay. You just started moving out there. Marquise, what's your favorite bourbon? Um, you know what's funny? Until I hooked up with the five books at Joe Lewis, I was just a simple person at the bar. First thing that I saw that, that, that looked halfway decent. Hey, Jack the Jack Daniels. Hey, that's bourbon, right? Whatever have you. Whiskey, whatever. Not, this, which, whatever's in front of my face. Uh, over years, I've, I've, I've gotten weird with stuff. Uh, big fan of Maker's Mark. I've gotten a big fan of that. Joe Lewis bourbon, obviously, when Cherry Coke's a big fan of that. Cherry Coke Zero, Tanya, by the way, is a very good after, uh, very good with this act right. as well. Okay. Big fan of that. If you don't want the sugar part of it, big fan of that. But those those have been the big four so far, Malibu Dana, for, for, for the most part. <laughs> I like that he's already calling Malibu Dana. Nobody calls me Dana. No one, not one person. In, in fact, Dana, let's start there. Actually, how did you get, how did you get get the city title? How 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 did, how did, how did you get that title? Malibu. Have you been there? <laughs> I drove them. But through. there are like five thousand people who live there. Probably only half uh, permanently. Um, well, you know, it's it's one of those things that. Uh, a lot of fancy people live there. <laughs> so that so that show I, I created, the wedding dress show. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um the, the it was a it was a process driven show. I could not sell it now. Like Ace of Cakes, we couldn't sell that now. It's too nice. <laughs> they yeah. don't want nice television. They want it to be over the top. I, I probably got out just in time before the Real Housewives. So um so uh she would name all of her wedding dresses after someone she loved. And I was obviously her executive producer and she's from Alabama. <laughs> actually, there's actually a, 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 a bourbon I love from Alabama of all things. I have to think of the name. We'll probably go grab it from the, um, the wonder, other room. It, I wonder, is it from Opelika, Alabama? Uh, and I know it, I know most of them come from Kentucky. Like, is it like there's, 95? There's one that's called, I think John Emerald. No, there's another one. I'm going to figure it out. It'll come to my brain. So Malibu. So I was, she's like, I live in Alabama. In <laughs> I live in Birmingham. And so she was like, you're fancy. And so she, and, I, and I'm slightly like, I'm not even, I'm barely dressed. <laughs> People are like, you have an active wear line and you don't wear any clothing. <laughs> I'm like, well, it's optional. <laughs> right. in Los Angeles. 
So she named the dress the Malibu Dana. It was her most provocative dress because she's very Southern, like with the pockets and the so-and-so. It was her, her sassiest dress. And that's where Malibu Dana came from. Okay. Um, and then I just, my and there's like maybe one other Dana in all of Malibu. I mean, it's not that big. It's, just, it's a peapod. So um, so then I, I started my Instagram handle as Malibu Dana. She kind of coined it. Heidi did. And then when the whole brand started, it just kind of made sense because it was already my Instagram. So I think it's confusing for people. I mean, I mean, whatever it is, what it is at this point, it's branded. You don't, at the beginning, you guys, when I started this, I didn't even take it seriously enough to even have a logo. I put bourbon bacon yoga. I wish I had an original. And I just put hashtag Malibu Dana as a joke. <laughs> because I was like, I was like, I'm just a hashtag. I wasn't even taking it seriously. And now I have a pretty logo. Yes. Yes. And that's all trademark. Um, but, um, but yeah, that's so, so that's where Malibu data started, but it's confusing because people are like, but you are Malibu data. I'm like, yes, but your brand is Malibu data. <laughs> so when I say Malibu data, they're like, are you talking about the person or the brand? But the truth is the brand is me and I am the brand because the story is about survival and overcoming. And, um, you know, life is all about falling down and getting back up. And you just, and we're all just faking it. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. going in. I mean, really, I mean, I think the challenges in life are what, are what form you and shape you. Right. I mean, no one, no one said it was going to be easy. Um, and we don't know what's coming our way. Everyone has a story. Everyone's endured hardship, but you have to find out what like feeds your soul. Like, what is that thing? It doesn't have to be uh, working for or or, or uh, serving your time for a breast cancer organization. It could be it could be walking dogs at the dog park. Like what feeds your soul? Like why do you get up every morning? Like what are you passionate about? Advocate for what you believe in. Be passionate. Mom, you know, what lights your fire? Yeah, because why are, every day I wake up and I say to myself, butterfly. <laughs> a lot of people call me butterfly. Butterfly, you're alive. And today you're going to do the best that you can. Hence, the yoga part, <laughs> um, the yoga part. So I do yoga every morning and I, and I call it the detox retox program because I, I do yoga and calm <laughs> and then I retox in the evening <laughs> and it's working for me. And I actually, I'm just showing you all the lines. My clever hat, do you see it? Detox retox. I love it. I love it. Do you I see it? In the mirror, it actually, re it reverses, believe it or not. It's oh really? <laughs> so, and I, I'm just going to show you the other one. I also blame it on, oh, blame it on bourbon. On bourbon, <laughs> yes. I have baby onesies that say that too. <laughs> so yes, so um, so that's how Malibu Dana started, and then to make matters even more confusing, we did unfortunately lose our house in the Woolsey 2018 fire. Yeah. We lost Pappy Van Winkles. We lost Pappy Van Winkles. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Aww. And 1,200 bottles of wine and our house. But we lost 650 houses in that fire, and that was in 2018. So to make matters more confusing, I don't have a house in Malibu anymore. I'm like, but if I hadn't gone through breast cancer, I wouldn't have been able to compartmentalize that happening. I mean, losing the house really, really did suck. Not going to lie. Yeah. But yeah, it sucked. But um, but if but in comparison to going through breast cancer, I mean, when people were like during COVID, when things were really bad, they're like, "Oh my God, what am I going to do? I have to sit home alone." I'm like, "Oh no, you haven't been through chemo, man. <laughs> like, this is you're right? And you're like, <laughs> like sitting. Oh my gosh, you have to sit at home and hang out with your family. Oh no. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's all about perspective, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we all have, we all have our share of of stuff we've been through, right? 
It's just That's how you right. come out of the other side. It's, a, it's, it's how you overcome the adversity that really defines your character, I believe. Um, and just, and just knowing what, what that is that lights your soul, I guess. Um, I always say live with, live with passion, pursue happiness and inspire others with the light that shines within us. And I think the people that I really relate to the bourbon drinkers, <laughs> they have this light, this light behind their eyes. There's this passion. And I should, I, I, again, I'm an equal opportunist. I like people who drink other things as well. <laughs> you know, I'm not your friend unless you drink bourbon. Right. <laughs> only a very high value. No, I like all people equally. I, I enjoy people, but, um, but I do feel like, um, you know, when you look in someone's eyes, you can see that, that passion, like, what are you doing every day? <laughs> every day, you just, you just try to do the best that you can, right? And, and you have to be like, okay, that's enough. It wasn't my best day. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's kind of my random story. I'm now in Hermosa Beach in the South Bay. And, um, and um, I, I'm a terrible businesswoman, but I'm a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful um, giver to charity. So, um, because I give, I give all my profits to charity because I can, mm -hmm. I'm in a position where I can at this point, um, business wise, not that smart, <laughs> but from feeding my soul, um, that's what makes sense to me. Um, and it started with this bourbon bacon yoga, but it's, it's grown into something so much bigger than me. It's really not about me anymore. Yeah. It's about that ripple effect. Um, and that's to, to go back to the butterfly. Um, I have a butterfly strong collection and what it means is um, they say the flap of one butterfly wing in Africa can cause a hurricane halfway around the world. Um, and that is that chaos theory. And, um, and like I said, everyone has a story, but I, I guess I'm this idealist that I think that um, together we can generate these powerful forces to change the world. And it starts with that one little ripple and people know, whatever cause I get behind, whether it's doing a, a donation drive out of my garage for Malibu mm -hmm. to, to, for the families, whatever it is, listen, crap happens, right? But then you got to find the best way for me to find my way out of it, dig my way out of it is to help other people. So I guess in a selfish way, it helps me <laughs> to help other people. That's how I get past things. I mean, what are you going to do? You're just going to grovel. <laughs> Isn't it easier to pour yourself into a cause or something that, that, that makes sense of all of it. So, um, so yeah, that's the butterfly strong uh, philosophy. And tell us about the Hermosa Beach Education Foundation. The, sorry, say that again. I'm sorry. The Hermosa Beach Education Foundation. Um, um, well, that's well, that's that's one of many charities. Right. <laughs> I, I, I tend to bite off a little more than I can chew. I definitely. Um, so there's several charities. One is the breast cancer fundraiser. We send uh, care packages to newly diagnosed breast cancer patients because no one knows what to send you. So I will say just across the board, if anyone knows anyone diagnosed, um, go to Malibu Dana, go to the bcf.org. We send the care packages for free. This is one of the things that I'm the um, butterfly strong hat. Like, and why am I here? See, you get one of these because you probably lose your hair. And a bunch of, it's like a big FabFitFun package arriving at your door. There's a yoga mat, everything you're gonna need during treatment, we've thought of a lot of survivors on the board with me. So that's one thing, because everyone I seemingly know someone, unfortunately, who's diagnosed. Mm -hmm. So let's start there. That's the breast cancer fundraiser. There's the Dr. Susan Love Foundation for breast cancer research, and she thinks we can eradicate breast cancer in our lifetime. That is mm -hmm. the Dr. Love Foundation. I also have a love collection. <laughs> it just so happens. So, love. Ooh. Ooh, see with the butterfly, mm -hmm. is it cute? 
Isn't that cute? That is very cute. Pretty. So there's a lot of butterflies. So that so then the, the portion of the proceeds goes to that, right? And then the Hermosa Beach Education Foundation, they actually had um, a dance squad <laughs> where they wore all my stuff. Um, for so, so they did an event to raise money for them. Um, they're, um, and also um, they do a big fundraiser every year to, to clean up the classrooms. Um, unfortunately, I don't have, I have a stepdaughter who's, um, so I'm, my husband's 17 years older than me <laughs> and my stepdaughter is 17 years younger than me. Um, so I'm squashed right in the middle. <laughs> so, um, but I don't have my own kids, unfortunately, the, um, the chemo was not kind in that, <laughs> but I do have all my butterflies and all the women who find me and all, and all, I should say men too, all the, all the butterflies and all the, all the breast cancer patients that I help. So I, those, those are kind of my babies, as are the charities. I also work with another charity called Walk with Sally, and we do a mentoring program for um, the kids impacted, their parents or their siblings are impacted by, by different types of cancer, and they're kind of struggling on, on their own um, because they kind of get forgotten if their parents are going through treatment. That's like a big brother, big sister program. It's a big charity down here in the South Bay. God, what am I forgetting? How many charities do I work with? <laughs> Uh, Michael's. <laughs> I think there's the foundation of the local arts. Yes. Oh, actually, that was the dance. That was the dance. Okay. Sorry. That was one confused with the school one. The school one um, is more, it's just more, it's more um, all the moms I know, all the yoga moms that I know through. The, they've asked me to help with all this. I wish, I wish I had my own little ones. It's kind of funny at their events. They're like, so what grade are your kids in? I'm like, oh, uh, I like bourbon. <laughs> Let's relate. So, um, yeah, it's, it's to help with the classrooms um, and the teaching staff. Um, and then I'm forgetting Michael's Learning Place is to help um, kids who, um, who uh, have learning disabilities, severe learning disabilities, and they have a training program for them where they learn functional skills so that they can, so they can have a happy life in society and they have a bakery and they have all these amazing schooling uh, programs for the kids who are kind of the forgotten ones. That's Michael's Learning Place. So in, these are a lot of South Bay charities, but the Dr. Susan Love Foundation is global. She wrote the Bible on breast cancer, so she's probably the most famous um, oncologist of our lifetime. So if anyone can, can eradicate breast cancer, it's her. When I met her, I was running around following her. <laughs> I was like, ah. I was like, I've been so excited to meet you. I'm so excited to meet you. Um, so yeah, so those are all the charities I work with. The main one, the, the grassroots one though, is the, the breast cancer fundraiser, the BCF, because we are grassroots and we're a peapod and we're the ones who send the, the care packages. Um, and I donate the hats and um, yeah, we're just, small but mighty as you can imagine working, working all these charities was a little more difficult during covid but of course, of course. i feel like everyone's pivoted um tanya you work with education is that what i, well, I, I do, do education, education, and, um, education, education administration, administration right now, in particular um, and, and Marquise, what do you do? <laughs> uh, right now, I just hang out at, at, at colleges for be, not being creepy. But for the most part, I, I, I'm, I'm uh, permission to add for this over here at the University of Denver. That, that's the new gig I got currently here. So I'm, I'm around the Youth of America trying to make sure that I'm not the Youth of America. <laughs> and so this is the thing. So I'm, I feel like I'm sad because I haven't been able to, to test the Joe Lewis bourbon. What are the hints of flavor? I, is it sweet on the sweeter side? What is it? What's for me? It is going to be on that sweeter side. There's some, it is a sweeter. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, a nice little nose there. Um, and then in terms of the palate, you're going to get a lot of baking spices 
some pepper there. It goes well with an old-fashioned fruity cocktail, um, but definitely makes you think of those things like chocolate chip cookies when you bite into them, or or maybe um, bacon. Actually, yeah. it's um, I had a friend of mine that just worked with Douglas Bourbon and um, just a, a pork slab, pork belly slab. She marinated it for 12 days, and it tastes amazing with a watermelon and arugula salad. So, so that kind of gives me the idea in terms of its flavor profile. It's one of those nice, rich, um, buttery, sweet, feel-good bourbons. And so um, if I get my hands on another one, I'll make sure to send one to you right away. Much appreciated. <laughs> yes, yes, please. Yes, please. Um, yes. Yeah, I never met a chocolate chip cookie I didn't like. <laughs> right. Especially yeah. when um, you make it with bourbon. <gasps> what? I gotta yes. try it. Yes. I just don't. Have you guys tried that peanut butter one? Do you know the one I'm talking about? Oh, I don't know. It's uh, it's back there. <laughs> They're all back there. For the, for the it, broadcast, I'm gonna pull out the rest of them <laughs> so that uh -huh. I can show you my favorites. I should have had yes. them out. And I might start drinking in the second half. What time is it there? <laughs> oh, it is 7.29 here. It is past wow. happy hour. I was about to say it's happy hour. It's five o'clock somewhere. Yeah, exactly. It's 4.29, right. but it's close enough. <laughs> right. do, you guys, do you guys think that bourbon is making like a big, a big uh, uh, steak internationally? I mean, what's it doing internationally? I know what it's doing across this, the nation. It's sort of like. Yes. Well, of course, as you know, in the U.S. is making a huge comeback. Yeah. I think with some of the laws and some of the restrictions that are happening internationally between trade and sale, those are sort of relaxing as well. And so we should see an uptick in that as well. Um, we're bringing in more foreign spirits as well to the U.S. And so I think that, you know, trade and barter and sharing of cultures and preferences will cross continents. I hope so. We can just hoard it. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Too. <laughs> what if there was a shortage? What would we do? Um, <laughs> well, I don't know. I think we just go straight down to Kentucky and. and I haven't away. been. I haven't been. I haven't been. Have you guys been? You should go. I've yeah, been twice. And I'll go back again in about a month. So yeah, there's plenty for us to partake. Well, in. how many days do I need on the bourbon trail? <laughs> oh gosh. Um, I would say you could hit everything in a week. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm going to have you, I'm going to have you um, uh, create like a, a triptych. <laughs> I certainly can because I have, I have two for the first two trips and I'm working on one now for the Northern okay. Kentucky leg. So we certainly like, can. Awesome. What's the best time? What's the best time to go? Oh my gosh. When it's not hot. So I went in December actually, which is quite nice because there's not a lot of crowds. Um, and then I went again in May, which was actually quite nice, too. You started to see, like, a little uh, of an uptick with crowds, but um, people were starting to kind of get happy because the the weather's a bit warmer and, you know, they're coming out of the colder winter months. So it was nice to see that as well. A lot of the distilleries are open air, and so it's um, such a nice environment. To what be are they? There. I mean, they're, they're close by. I don't know, because I think of, like, Not, like there's, like, a good number of um, distilleries in Louisville, then there's a nice little batch in Frankfurt, and um, there's a couple of other cities as well, like Lexington. And then you've got the um, the north part of the trail, which is like right across the, the river from Cincinnati. And there's a few um, distilleries there, too, like New Riff. Is that um, where the Joe Louis distillery is? Um, so Joe Louis is being distilled out of Virginia. And I, when we get back 
to part two of Joe Lewis. We'll talk about your start um, in Virginia. um, That's right. (laughs) Um, Brave Dana. Tell us the stories of Brave Dana. So thanks for joining us. Episode of Joe Lewis Bourbon. We'll be right back with part two. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha.